Welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast, a weekly show that looks at the experience of pregnancy and child loss through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Eileen Tully. This is the Present in the Pain podcast, and I'm Eileen Tully. And this week, we're going to be doing our seventh and final sword of sorrow, the burial of Jesus. So we've been doing a series on the seven sorrows of Our Lady of Sorrows and um, talking about how each one relates to the experience of child loss. And before I begin, I would just like to ask if you have been finding this podcast to be helpful, would you just take a second and either hit subscribe or leave a review or even just like a star rating on your podcast app that helps other grieving mothers to be able to find it. And I would be so grateful. So in last week's episode, (laughs) I was rather tearful for that one. I don't think this one's going to be hitting me quite as hard, but Um, We looked at Mary receiving Jesus's body from the tomb. And for me personally, this was the one that as I initially read the seven sorrows of Our Lady and learned about what they were and just felt that she was inviting me to put myself in her place for each one, this is the one that felt so personal to me. As I remembered holding my daughter Bridget after she had died. And so... I call this my own little Pieta moment because we really can't look at the Pieta, any painting or carving or statue of it, without being moved by what Mary must have been feeling as she cradled Jesus's body. And so um, I invited you, if you wanted to, to share your own photos of your child in the present in the pain community. And I did also share my own photo, both of Bridget with her tubes and the picture that I had printed out for her uh, funeral that, that I thought was so beautiful and showed her just so alert. And even though she had her tubes and, and things taped onto her and uh, She just looked beautiful to me, and it was the one that the lady in the Walmart photo center was just aghast at, which was so hurtful to me. It just broke my heart. Um, But I also shared the photo of myself and my husband as we held Bridget in our arms at the hospital after she died. So you can go and see those photos in the community, or you could feel free to share your own photo of your own Pieta moment or just of your baby there. I would be honored if you did. This week, we're talking about that last sword, which is another personal one because I have just such a vivid, well, vivid isn't really the word for it. I have such a strong recollection of Bridges' funeral and what was so difficult about that experience was, this is why it wasn't vivid, was because I felt like a robot. I just felt absolutely like I was on autopilot. I felt in a fog. I can remember talking to people and just not even really being able to focus on them or what was happening. And I at one point went to the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror over the sink as I was washing my hands. And I was terrified by the fact that I did not even 
recognize myself. Like I just looked like a deer in the headlights and my face was, you know, my eyes were swollen, but, but still like just staring. And I, I just was like, I don't even look like myself. And so I just had this numbness that was beginning, that began settling over me after, after just so long of bed rest and then the NICU and then she died. And then it was just a week later or so, and then it was time for the funeral. And by this time, I just felt like I had, I was done. Like I I was just completely empty and broken and it terrified me. I remember thinking, that I was going to have to go to a mental hospital because people would probably say that I was fine up until the twins died and then I just lost it. I really I really just felt like I had completely lost it and I I couldn't even function. I remember just having to sit and stare. And when I think about our lady in this situation, Um, She said to St. Bridget, I can truly say that when my son was buried, there were two hearts laid in one tomb. And that is exactly what it felt like. I just felt this emptiness and sort of this, now what? Like, now what do I do, right? Because I had just been working so hard to take care of, of her and to make sure that she was okay and to go to the hospital every day and be with her. And it was sort of just biding our time until she could come home and now gone. It was all gone. And so for me, the word, the word that I, that comes to mind to describe that was just that I was undone. (laughs) That, that is, that's how I imagine what happened to me after that, after I buried her after the funeral. And in the glories of Mary, St. Alphonsus, when he's reflecting on this sort of sorrow, he shares not just that quote from St. Bridget of Sweden, but also St. Bernard, who said that Mary was so desolate after the funeral or after the burial of Jesus that she moved many people to tears. And whenever she walked past, people who saw her could not help but weep with her. And so she just, I mean, you just know, I just think about what I looked like when I looked in the mirror. It was just this person that was just broken. And I can imagine that that is exactly what Our Lady must have looked like to others. When I read this description that people just saw her and cried with her. And of course, even my own love for my daughter was imperfect. You know, it wasn't nearly as perfect as the love that Mary was sinless and had for Jesus and the way he loved her back. And he wasn't just her son, but he was her Lord. And, you know, her relationship with him was just so much deeper than my own with my daughter. And so I just, whatever degree I imagine my own sorrow and suffering to have been, hers was just amplified by that much. And so when I think about the word undone, it just, for me, it felt like it just totally, if you can imagine that a hurricane or a tornado like comes through an area and just flattens the 
homes there and or like an earthquake right it just it just sh- it shook me like an earthquake or it flattened me like a tornado would and just everything about me changed i i, I just felt like i didn't even it just permeated every area of my life i didn't even know how to function because my pain was so strong and i I could just imagine when I say the word undone, it just makes me think of like ties being loosened and somehow just everything in me was emptied out. That's what it felt like. Just a hollowness, an emptiness, a void as I left the funeral, just completely shattered. But what this hollowness served to do for me was to force me to surrender my will to God's in a way that I don't know that I could have offered on my own without this situation. And so, of course, I don't wish that it happened in this way. But in hindsight now, 11 years down the road from this pain, I recognize in myself that I I would not have been able to to empty myself and and much like an earthquake would flatten a house or like imagine just stones stones spread all apart that had once been stacked on top of each other what i had had in that in that stack what were maybe some things that were unhealthy for me or things that were not good for me this of course would be unlike our lady but in my case there were some stones in there that I was content to just leave there because I knew that pulling them out would disrupt the wall too much. For myself, I think about my some unhealthy relationships that I had or some ways of doing things or maybe even maybe even my relationship with God or my aversion to Mary that I had had. I was content to sort of just let them be in my wall of life <laughs> without trying to fiddle with them because, you know, even if they weren't serving me well, I I just thought it, it would be too messy to try to fix them. So, and I think a lot of us do that in our life. We sort of just settle for or live with things that are just maybe not great, but we don't want to deal with fixing them. And so we sort of just leave them there. And in my case, I found that this undoing or this devastation, this flattening that happened that caused me to sort of just look around at all these stones that were all over the place because nothing was left standing on top of each other. This devastation let me sort of pick through the rubble a little bit with new eyes that prioritized things differently now. And it let me leave out some of those things that were unhealthy or maybe fit, for example, the relationship with Our Lady in a different way. And so I don't know that apart from this emptying out that took place after the death of my daughter, I don't know that I would have been able to sort of build back or fill back up in the right way um, the the to put things in the right order that they should have been in. And 
I think that for all of us, this emptying out or this hollowness or this just undoing that happens when we lose our child, when we when we think about it like Jesus did in Gethsemane, who said, if it's possible, right? He, did, he didn't really want to go through the cross. He asked God, if it's possible to do this any other way, that this cup would pass, please, can we do it that way? <laughs> but not my will, but yours be done, was, was his prayer in Gethsemane. And likewise, Mary said, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, which means whatever he wants, whatever God wants. And so I think when I think about that, that pouring out and that emptying out of ourselves, I think that's really truly how we're supposed to live every day, really just poured out in service to God for Him to use us however we want, He wants. I think about St. Paul talking about being poured out like a drink offering. He says it in Second Timothy chapter 4. Um, he's just talking about that he recognizes that his time of serving is coming to an end, of, of evangelizing is coming to an end, and he has been just being poured out like an offering, like he just has given all that he can give, and he knows that he's going to receive the prize, he's run the race, and he's going to receive the prize. So I think, and and then there's how many verses that just talk about, you know, denying ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, that's what he has to do. He says, whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whoever shall lose it for my sake shall preserve it. That's in Luke 17. So the more completely we are able to abandon ourselves to God's will and to pour ourselves out in this way, the the holier we are, right? It's a, it's a way we should be living all the time. But sometimes it takes an event like this to really force us to to do this or to even have the opportunity to do this, which I know it sounds silly to call our loss and all the suffering we've been through an opportunity. But If we ask Our Lady, especially Our Lady of Sorrows, after we know that she has gone through all of these things with us, if we ask her for the grace to make this undoing of ourselves, to make this total (laughs) emptying out of ourselves, our offering to God, she will give us that grace to do that and to make it an offering to Him and for us to be able to abandon ourselves to His will so that whatever He wants, the handmaid of the Lord, can be also our statement to Him, our offering to Him. And that is what true holiness looks like. Now, if you find this difficult, you are not alone. (laughs) We all do. And so... That is why I have created the Present in the Pain community. It's a growing online space for support for women who have experienced the loss of a child. And we can go deeper into these seven sorrows of Our Lady in addition to all different uh, areas of grief and trauma, tools for healing, ways that we can suffer with an eternal perspective. All in my video retreat that's in the community goes deeper into all of those things. And you can try it for free now for two weeks. So if you sign up for the community and click inside the retreat community, 
you have the opportunity to check out the videos. You can get a free PDF copy of my book. You can look at all the resources that are there and try it for two weeks and see if you think it would be a helpful place for you. My book itself is available on Amazon, and it's called Praying with Our Lady of Sorrows. And it goes through all of these sorrows in, in the form of the um, leading the reader through the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows. And each one has a meditation that I have written specifically for grieving mothers to help us unite our suffering with each one of these swords of sorrow. I'll put a link for that in the description below. Finally, just a reminder that... After this week, we'll be taking a break for the month of November, which is hard to believe it's already November, but we'll be taking a break for that month. And I'll be back in December with a new series called Breath of Heaven that talks about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives as our comforter, just in time for the holidays, which can be so challenging when we have lost our child. I know. So until then, my name is Eileen Tully, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider hitting subscribe and leaving a review so that other people are better able to find it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show in any amount, it would be helpful for maintaining the podcast hosting and production costs. Thanks for prayerfully considering that.